This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good evening. You're listening to Battle for Malaysia, our coverage of GE15. We'll be keeping you company until the last vote is counted. You're with Lee Chui Lin, Sharad Kutin, and Jahaba Sadiq, editor. Jahaba, thank you so much for joining us in our studios. Thank you very much. So, uh, a quick reminder that if you're like us and <laughs> sitting around waiting for results, we want to hear from you. Uh, if you would like to tell us how you're feeling, ask a question, share a message for your fellow Malaysians, if you could, send a voice note or a WhatsApp to 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. And by the way, watch us on a live video stream of our studio on YouTube, Facebook or on our app. You can also leave us a comment there. So we've got a couple of things we'd like to explore with you, Jahaba. But before that, I just I just want to ask, where were you today? Based on your observations, what did you see? How are things um, going? I was around Kuala Lumpur. I went, I went off early in the morning, so there were very long lines. Uh, uh, it took me 75 minutes to vote uh, because I was in the stream where everybody in that constituency was the same age as me. Uh, but it went on fine, I think. Uh, but by afternoon, I think there were very few voters out there. Um, I spoke to a few pachas and they said that um, it just dropped off to like really stragglers coming in. Uh, in, in one um, polling station, there was um, turnout at uh, 2 p.m. was only like uh, 55%, and especially it was poorer among the Undi 18 crowd. Uh, so, yeah. But hopefully, they, they finished their football game and turned up at 5 o'clock to work. Was there a football game uh, of any kind of worth happening assumes, right? today? <laughs> no, I think people were out cycling in the morning and all that. And I think because it was raining in the morning, it was drizzling in some parts of Kuala Lumpur. So, I think people, you know, thought they were going in the afternoon when it was quieter. Uh, I did see some people going in at 5.45. Um, I went and snapped some pictures and there were some people rushing in at 5.45. So, yeah, there's, I think there's great interest to vote. Um, and as you've seen the, the turnout, uh, they stopped it at 4 p.m. At, it was 75%. No, 70%? 75%, right? So I think we will get, we should get about... 80% turnout. Uh, Which is pretty decent when you consider that now the percentage is uh, really uh, uh, marked against the, the total adult population because because of automatic voter registration. So this is uh, a better indication of uh, the level of enthusiasm for the exercise. Uh, it is to a certain extent, but I was talking to some people in Johor and, and Perak, and uh, certain seats had um, only 40% turnout at, at 2 p.m., so I think in urban areas, uh, you have a lot more interest. But out of the Klang Valley, I think um, if you can get 60 to 70 percent, it's, it's pretty decent enough. So we'll be bringing you the live updates as and when we have uh, headlines or results to report on. But for the time being, I think some of the big headlines to emerge from the day at least are that polling in two parliamentary seats, that's Padang Serai and Baram, uh, and one state seat, that's Tioman, have been suspended. Uh, how do you think that's going to shake out? Uh, I think it's interesting that the parliamentary seats have been suspended, the two seats, uh, um, one because of death and the other because uh, some stations couldn't open. Um, it's a very close race. It's a very uncertain race. Uh, no one coalition is predicted to, to win outright. So I think those two seats will be crucial. Um, I know one is on December 7th. Uh, we don't know when the other one is, uh, maybe next few days. But it'll be very crucial in the final count. Uh, 
And also, you know, for any potential prime minister to cobble together a super coalition in next week or so. Yeah, so uh, for people who don't know, Padang Sarai, uh, the incumbent uh, who passed away was from Pakatan Harapan. So this impacts Pakatan's numbers. In Baram, it's a GPS incumbent. So again, a kingmaker GPS uh, is going to be uh, lacking one seat. Uh, in Tioman, the game is slightly different because it's a state seat there in the state of Pahang, which is said to be competitive. Interestingly, once once the bastion of Amno, not necessarily uh, still, right? Well, I, yeah, I, I still think it is the bastion of Amno. Uh, you know, I, I, the East Coast states are pretty, the voters are pretty certain who they want to vote for. But obviously, in the last uh, six months, um, you know, talk swirling about election, monsoon season, um, uh, I'm president and Barisan national chairman Zaid Hamidi is uh, very unpopular. So you've seen a fair number of people ex- uh, moving out of supporting AMNO and going to Perikatan National, which actually means pass, uh, because Bersatu is very weak um, in, in most seats, actually. I mean, they, they came up in the last elections, they only won 13 seats. Since then, because of what they went through with the Sheraton move, uh, and, and, you know, with Dr. Mahathir Mohamad always uh, at, at poking them at the side, um, they, they still haven't built their machinery. So I think if Pahang was to fall, it would be passed that would profit from this, not Bersatu. Well, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and um, also a bit of an explainer about what it is that we're going to be do, doing in terms of reporting on the results. Because this is this has been a little bit of a heated conversation outside the studio, actually, in which the discussion about whether or not we're going to report partial uh, as opposed to unconfirmed results and the like has been coming up. And um, Sharad, you have a lot of thoughts on well, this. Well, OK, let's put it this way. Jabba, what, what we're having now are some uh, rather... Uh, interesting practices by media, mainstream media, where you have a seat uh, where nine votes are in. Nine votes, right? Um, or even somewhere like Tambon, where uh, less than 1% of the votes are in. And it's already being said that, you know, uh, ex-candidate uh, is in the lead. Yeah. And it's very misleading. And I think it's generating a lot of panic. People are saying, even to us, our listeners are saying, why aren't you reporting the results? But, you know, should we be reporting partial Results at such a low level of counting. No, not at all. I, I think I think it's uh, it's rubbish. I think they are trying to attract uh, readership, uh, page views, and such. Uh, I mean, if you are just counting one percent of the vote, it's no great indicator of of how it'll be uh, when all the votes are total up, right? And and uh, the reality is, they're counting the the early voters, which is generally eighty five percent turnout, generally policemen, doctors, and all that. And generally, the early voters are government servants. Uh, note that they were paid, they had their salaries two days ago. Uh, pensioners got their pension on Monday. So these things play into who they would vote for. Uh, I was just explaining to some people and I was tweeting and I said, early voters, definitely government. Overseas voters, and I think what, 60, 70,000 votes came in? Definitely opposition. So they'll cancel each other out wherever they are. So it's today's turnout that will decide uh, who will eventually win any seat. So I, I think you are right, Sharad. You shouldn't focus on this. I think, if anything, the first results that would stream out will be about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Then that's when you 
you pop your gastric pills and then your Panadols, uh, you know, because... Yeah, I, I would think uh, just uh, take a chill pill, you know, enjoy the conversations that we're going to have, uh, the way in which we think through these issues, which we're going to, we're going to be doing over the next two hours. Uh, and then, yeah, and then let yourself uh, get into the numbers game because it, it at this point, is far too early. Don't panic. Nobody's losing yet. Nobody's winning yet. It's far, far too early. And to be very clear, what you're going to be hearing from us as well as seeing on our live stream, if you are watching, um, will be unofficial results. Uh, we will not be reporting partial results. In the meantime, uh, let us know if you want to tell tell us how you're feeling as you're waiting around. Uh, ask a question, share a message. That number to send a voice note or a WhatsApp to is 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. If you're watching the live stream, uh, leave us a comment there as well and we'll get to it. After this, we are going to be joined by Faisal Tarani um, and together we're going to be talking about something that has been much discussed prior to today, which is the Malay vote. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be free, Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 8.15 and you're listening to Battle for Malaysia. This is, of course, our GE15 coverage. You are with Lynn, Sharad and Jahaba. And uh, joining us shortly, we will have a guest to talk about the fight for the Malay vote because it's been seen as crucial. Uh, this group accounts for more than 60% of the electorate. Every coalition has been vying for votes. Uh, but the assumption going in has been that the Malay vote is likely to be split because of the battle between AMNO, Bersatu, PAS and PKR mainly. Uh, if there is a split, that means that no coalition is likely to win a simple majority, something that we circled earlier as well. Uh, so we're, gonna, we're going to explore what it means to talk about Malay interests and how it has shaped GE15. Joining us to do that is playwright and author Faisal Dharani, who is researching the election with the ICSU of Ishak Institute. Faisal, thanks for taking the time. Hi, hello. <laughs> so, How are you guys? Hi. So um, just to start off, has GE15, in fact, been a fight for the leadership of uh, the Malay political community? Yeah, yeah, like never before. Um, but, but first of all, I have to state here, mainly my research is on Malay psychic and uh, contemporary politics uh, and to measure the trends amongst Malay Muslims and how Islam, the main religion of the Malays, being utilised to achieve their objectives. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's important for me to look at or to project the way Malay Muslim thing um, into decades. Yeah, like uh, uh, our G15 shows us how many how Malay Muslims are now divided into uh, four factions. Yeah, BN, Perikata National, PH, and GTA. But I think the real contest is uh, between Perikata National and Pakatan Harapan. This is from my point of view because I'm emphasizing on uh, this uh, my research on. You know, Malay Muslims and Malay psychic and uh, Muslim trends, etc., etc. Yeah. Why have you discounted uh, to Dr. Mathe Pajuang and the coalition GTA that he leads? I think uh, GTA is very small, uh, very um, not that influential. And however, uh, I do note that uh, uh, there are few few figures uh, which I consider as far far right uh, figures. Uh, also with them, yeah, like people from ISMA, uh, which actually uh, representing uh, Bajasa. So um, that is also interesting for me as a researcher to, to look at. But uh, for this G15, I, I think they're not going to make um, a lot of attraction, yeah. Jahaba, is this reflective of the kinds of, uh, you know, of the opinions or conversations that you've been hearing as well? Yeah, I think I think uh, Faisal is right. Uh, the 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 contest is actually between uh, 
Perikatan Nasional and Pakatan uh, Harapan for for the Malay Word, because Barisan Nasional actually has a, its stock of Malay Word. Right? So its Word Bank is still, it's there. But it, it is uh, fraying away, but it's still there. I, I think Dr. Mahathir and Gang um, represent um, the past in many ways. Having said that, they have a few good candidates who are from the science background, right? So I actually went to Ampang. Uh, Dr. Nurul Ashikin was campaigning there. Uh, very forthright woman, very sharp. Um, so you just wonder why she's in, in GTA. Uh, perhaps there's only way to, to, to stand for election. Um, but Faisal is right. I, th- I think Dr. Mahathir has uh, some strange uh, bedfellows with him. Um, and, and most of them are names that we reported on them like 20 years ago. Uh, and, and very few can still remember them. Uh, Faisal, you know, uh, Jahaba just mentioned uh, before you came on that when we think about Perikatan National, we really should think of it as past, that essentially that's past, which uh, in many ways flies um, in the face of some other ways of ca- uh, casting them as really led by Bersatu and Tan Sri Mudin Yassin. What's your feeling about the nature of Perikatan as a vehicle? Uh, you know, I'm on ground uh, uh, past two weeks, and when uh, I when I uh, you know share my, my my views, my all my service with the respondents, most of them actually is actually looking at Brigata National as past, not as uh, Besatu, which is actually very interesting. Uh, especially uh, most of the the supporters, I mean, like people who tend to answer to to respond to me that um, they're going to vote for. Perikatan National means what I mean is that you're going to vote for PAS, and they look uh, PAS as you know as um, religious, as bersih, as stable, yeah, uh, compared to Pakatan Harapan uh, or Barisan National even, yeah. So uh, that's why I think that um, PAS, uh, you know, for example, seats in the Bagan Serai, for example. So Bersatu is nowhere there. Um, and the, the 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 contest is really between PAS and uh, Amana, which actually represent uh, Pakatan Harapan. So that's why I'm looking at uh, where, wherever I ask um, uh, uh, my respondents, they are actually uh, replying uh, that Perikatan National is actually uh, PAS. So although that I must say that Muhyiddin Yassin, I mean, from all my 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 you know my focus group discussions. Mainly, they will say that they're going to vote because of uh, presidential, because of ABBA, you know, um, which is actually quite interesting because if we have this kind of election directly to to, to choose prime minister, Muhyiddin Yassin will definitely win from from my from my from my survey. Yeah, I actually have a question um, for both Faisal and Jahaba. Actually, um, Faisal, I'll put it to you first. We are talking about the distinctions between the parties. We mentioned earlier the the possibility, the you know, the real possibility of a split, a strong split in the Malay vote. Do you think the various parties have positioned themselves in ways that have been distinct enough from one another um, for the electorate to be able to, you know, discern differences and say yes, no, you know, maybe? Yeah, I think um, it's it's pretty obvious. I think because um, you know. Uh, 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 PAS is very is very conservative in a way, and uh, we have this uh, Amana, and even uh, I mean the the, the uh, Pakatan Harapan supposed the boy Anwar Ibrahim is also quite um, quite also uh, uh, utilizing Islam image. You know, we, uh, I saw in one of his um, campaign uh, trail, I think in Masjid Tana, he was um, 
portraying himself as the one that, uh, you know, I mean, you hear Yusuf Karadawi, the late prominent Muslim cleric from, from Qatar, um, wrote a letter to him and mentioning Erdogan, you know. So, uh, and Pakatan Harapan with Amana, you know, with, with these people, Muhammad Sabu, uh, Mujahid, Ramatanil Alamin as a slogan, trying to portray themselves or position themselves as progressive, democratic and inclusive. Yeah, this is an alternative to pass. Um, that claims to champion a different version of Islam. Yeah, so um, and we have uh, during the campaign we can see all these issues. With um, uh, remember when Razman, uh, the one that ran in um, State Legislative Assembly in Perak, uh, Gunus Mango, um, uh, stating that that uh, is Ibrahim will allow. Um, you know, same-sex marriage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is also, uh, you, you see, how how people try to portray, how to divide, how to describe themselves, and this is very, uh, very clear, uh, distinct um, uh, views uh, having uh, 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 between the, our, our Malay Malay voters. Yeah, especially what I call religious uh, religious votes. I mean, looking at these religious votes. Um, for example, um, I I met few people who actually um, stating that they want to see Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim as a prime minister because of uh, they heard that, you know, they heard because they are in, in, the, in the 20s, early 20s, they heard that Anwar Ibrahim is actually a very good finance minister once. and But they still want the RUU 355 to be implemented, uh, meaning that uh, they're lining or siding towards the very conservative view and... Uh, People who are very, unde- uh, very, uh, they are undecided. You know, um, they think that actually uh, the, the one setback, Pakatan Harapan, is actually Pakatan Harapan uh, has a liberal kind of, of views on LGBTs, etc., etc., um, which is actually also um, quite interesting because if you remember, uh, uh, Khalid Samad when he was um, uh, Minister of Federal Territories. He, I think he, uh, during his time, during his administration, there's a rage uh, uh, against uh, this uh, 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 one of a gay club in Bukit Bintang. I remember. So this is uh, this is all these 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 topics, these issues. I mean, like being discussed or being looked at by these respondents uh, uh, when, when I go to the ground. So uh, Faisal, so, can I sorry, can yeah. I jump jump in there? And I, uh, this is a question I'm going to put to Jahba as well. And because this is polling day, we really need to get a sense of how do we discern where the mood is going, right? So what are the bellwether uh, seats? What are the contests that are you going to be watching today over the, the next couple of hours to determine who's won the ground, basically? Well, bellwether seats, according to me, is... Um, um, uh, because I'm moni- monitoring, I must say that uh, the East Coast is, is complex. I must say that uh, uh, East Coast Peninsula, uh, Peninsula Kelantan, Trangganu, they are already swallowed by conservatism. But I'm monitoring the situation in West Coast of Peninsula. So I'm watching actually Bangi and Bagan Sri constituencies. So urban Malays in the West Coast, I think, camp in Bangi with complex movements, Islamic trends there, while Bagan Sri could be representative for the Malay heartland. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, at these two constituencies. Right. You know, and, and, sorry, can I get Jabba to jump in here. Are, are you? Do you see any constituencies as bellwether for the Malay heartland? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Faisal did, did mention uh, Bangi, uh, Bagan Serai, a uh, few few seats in in uh, Perak, and also Kedah. Um and of course Shah Alam, because you know uh, the interesting thing is um, 
what Faisal is saying, uh, the, the, the progress of, of a lot of Malay Muslims, or is there any other kind of Malays anyway? Uh, towards uh, uh, conservatism is, is interesting. Uh, I had an interview with Tun Diamond. He actually mentioned it. And, and he said it in a very simple way. He said, you know, because most people are in their middle age now, right? And, and I see that in my Saloran, Saloran 6, 50 to 59. So after years of a hedonistic lifestyle and, and, and getting wasted till 5 a.m. at night in the morning, uh, <laughs> Now at 5 a.m. they go for prayers and, and they, and they sh shed all their party clothes, put on a skull cap, grow a, a goatee uh, and, and espouse the, the kind of uh, views where, which gel with what, um, to an extent, Amana, Anwar Ibrahim and, and Pass is saying. And Amno is losing that battleground because um, if you want to differentiate Amno from the rest, it's basically Amno is all about nationalism, uh, inclusiveness to a certain extent and prosperity. Uh, past is about Islam and, and being puritanical. Amana and, and Anwar Ibrahim is about being Islam, clean and progressive. So, so that's, that's the labels they give themselves. So, so for a conservative, when you, when you say you're progressive, as Faisal said, uh, you would uh, sort of allow gay clubs and gay marriages, although, although that is not on the cards in Malaysia. It will never be on the cards in Malaysia. Let's look at Singapore, right? Uh, they actually explain why they can never allow it. So, but in, in every election campaign, they will use this. I mean, for example, uh, Abah, Mayuddin Yassin, right? Remember what he did last few days of campaign? He he brought in the Jews. I mean, this is the only election in the world. Well, not this. real Jews, just a Jewish conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Jewish conspiracy would involve some Jews, I'm sure, who apparently support Christians. And anyone who knows the Jews and the Christians, they get along together like a house on fire, right? <laughs> but there you go. And also, let me add, um, you know, during Prakata Nationals, during Ismail Sabri's administration, you must remember that Jakim was led by Idris Ahmad, which actually passed, and his deputy is actually Marzuk. So this is the very first time actually Pass got this particular power uh, in order to, you know, to, to dictate or how to, uh, how to, how to, how to utilize Islam. Yeah, and we have to remember that um, in Malaysia, uh, Islam is pretty much institutionalized Islam. And uh, so that's why I think AMNO is losing uh, in, in this point of view of the Malays because, you know, um, Islam is always embedded uh, in, in Malay, you know, in Malay mind and also even in, embedded in our constitution. So that's why it's, it's between the races between Prakata National with PAS and actually Pakatan Harapan. Yeah. Which is strange because I just want to say this. Uh, they all promise an uh, afterlife if you vote for them, but yet they seek power in this life. So there's something wrong with that. Don't you think? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to close off, right, um, I know we've been talking about the Malay vote in particular, but in talking about Malay parties, um, where within their communication or within their, their ethos is there a look at the kind of multi-ethnic country that Malaysia is? don't think it exists. Mm. Not at all in their mm -hmm. minds. It's, it's all about Malay because it's Malaysia. Um, and because they're growing demographic, uh, growing more than 60% of the population. Uh, and as Faisal said, you know, Islam is embedded everywhere. Uh, so that, that is now, um, you know, they wear that on their sleeves everywhere, right? So, so everybody else, and I hate using the word non because everybody has an identity. Every other Malaysian is, is, can just watch from the sidelines. Uh, and if they say something, they will get shut down. And, and you know, in, in a way, 
in a very contrarian way of work culture, they'll get cancelled. But it's a it's a very perverse cancellation. Yeah, even if you go to the Malay heartland, you know, uh, Malay heartlanders, you know, if you ask questions such as like inflation or cost of living or Raswa corruption, or when I go, when I went to Kelantan asking about uh, you know water situation there, you know, you know, and they will respond in like in a very, I mean, you will be surprised. I mean, like uh, to them is corruption or inflation. It's not well. It's, it happens everywhere in the world. So uh, just face it. But what we want is actually who can lead a better. Uh, Islam. I mean, uh, who can give us Islam? I mean, like in in a way that uh, they want people, they they want a, a leader that can read, you know, prayer, who can, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, people like Abba, you know, people like Abdul Hadi Awa. And uh, when I went to Ayahitam, this is very interesting. When I went to Ayahitam, there are a few few villages. Um, they just realized that Sheikh Omar, um, who actually a candidate of uh, Pakatan Harapan from DAP, is actually a graduate uh, uh, from Islamic studies. Yeah, Jabatan Da'wahin, Kepipinan, I think, from, uh, from, from, from my alma mater. And they are quite shocked uh, to, to see that, um, you know, Sheikh Omar can, can lead a prayer and read a tahlil. So, so to them, they're, oh, this is wow. I mean, this is enlightenment. I mean, like, oh, the AP has, you know, this kind of figure. Um, so, you know, when we look at the Malay heartland, this always, uh, you know, embedded in their mind that Islam, 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 nothing other than that. <laughs> Faisal, yeah. thank you so yeah. much for speaking with us today. Yeah, thank you. That was author and playwright Faisal Dharani, um, who is also conducting research on uh, the Malay psyche, I believe, um, in relation to the election. Um, let us know we're asking you basically, how are you feeling? And if you have a question or a message that you'd like to share with everyone else who's waiting alongside all of us for the results today, um, again, those numbers, uh, you can send a voice note or a WhatsApp to 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, after this, we are going to jump over to look at the Chinese vote. Keep it here on Battle for Malaysia, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.